the Power for Good podcast. I'm your host, Christina Ray Almeida, entrepreneur, environmental advocate, somatic healer, life coach, and really just a grateful part of this beautiful planet. I'm also a former alcoholic and addict, and I'm here to ask some really hard questions while diving deep and discovering how influential people are using their power for good or not. What happens when someone goes through an awakening? Can people really change? How and why? Let's explore. Hello loves, and welcome back to the Power for Good podcast. I'm Christina Ray, and today I want to dive into fear. What scares you? What makes you want to hide under the covers? What makes you want to run the other way? And what is fear even? Fear has been an important theme in my life. Facing my fears, overcoming my fears, leaning into my fears has changed who I am. I think that fear can actually be healthy. It can be utilized like all emotions. I really believe that when we lean into them, when we lean into fear, you can come out the other side stronger, more powerful, more like the person that you want to be. I think that fears can become limitations for us. And so I want to just dive into fear a little bit and dive into what it really is and why it continues to hold some of us back. Why it held me back for a while, for a long time in my life. So what is fear? By definition, fear is a primal emotion that involves a universal biochemical response and a high individual emotion response. It alerts us to the presence of danger or threat of harm. It can be a physical danger or a psychological danger. Fear can stem from a real threat, but can also come from imagined dangers. And I think this is where it becomes dangerous for us. So while it's normal, natural sometimes for us to respond with fear, I think it can also disrupt big parts of our modern day life. We can blow things completely out of proportion, be scared when we shouldn't be scared, develop phobias. So fear comes with a response in the body. And in this way, I think it really gets in our, our way. And that is the fight or flight response. Fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And what is that? So this is our body's stress response. It's part of the autonomic nervous system. And it's referred to as the fight or flight response. It's your body's survival instinct. And it's an automatic response, a biochemical response, where your body either prepares to stay and fight, run away, or freeze. Well, there's also these other two. So it's stay and fight, flight, run away, or the other two survival responses, which the first is freeze. You feel frozen, unable to move, or you disassociate from the situation, detached from reality. And the last one is fun, which is mainly about people pleasing, pacifying the situation. And this is part of the sympathetic mode that your body goes into. And on the opposite of that is the parasympathetic mode, which is the rest and digest. So fear is directly connected to the fight or flight, freeze or fawn survival response. And I think early humans, our ancestors, we really needed this, this fast, powerful, automatic response to fear because we had a lot of dangers that we faced, physical dangers. However, we no longer face these same threats in modern day life. Ahmad Hariri, a professor of psychology and neuroscience at Duke University, was quoted in a New York Times article saying, change has occurred so rapidly for our species that now we are equipped with brains that are super sensitive to threat, but also super capable of planning, thinking, forecasting, and looking ahead. So we essentially drive ourselves nuts worrying about things because we have too much time and not enough real threats on our survival. So fear gets expressed in these really strange, maladaptive ways. 
So here we are with these very sophisticated yet primitive brains. And I think that's why fear gets a little twisted. It's kind of our past, our ancestors and this primitive feeling that we have inside where we're so able to quickly react to threats, perceived threats, imagined dangers even. Imagined because our brain on the other side is sitting there thinking, thinking all day. And then we have the media here. So where are these perceived imaginary dangers coming from? We didn't used to have things like social media. We didn't used to have the internet. And so we so quickly get access to all this crazy news, crazy information. And if you're somebody that you know worries, it's so easy to get anxious, to get frightful, to get excited. And the part of our brain that does get excited where fear lives is called the amygdala. And in the amygdala, the amygdala can get very easily triggered. And nowadays, for a lot of people, it's it's very overly sensitive and it's jumping at every corner, especially because we have so much information coming at us from every single corner. We are overly stimulated, which is why it's important to take a break from technology, to rest, to meditate, mindfulness, and really give your mind a time to rest, to get away from the stimulation, because that part, the amygdala, that part of our brain is constantly getting triggered with perceived threats. So everybody has a different reaction. Everyone has a different amygdala. And some people actually enjoy the feeling of fear. And those might be like adrenaline junkies. And it's kind of something that I've turned into. I actually, you know, I used to like scary movies. I used to, you know, like roller coasters. And that's, you know, enjoying that feeling of of fear. Some people really have a negative reaction to that feeling of fear. So we're all different. But what we end up with and what a lot of people have ended up with today is an overly stimulated, overly sensitive amygdala, as I said. And this can look like, you know, somebody walking around and jumping at every corner, something ruffles ruffles in in the bushes and they jump or you say hi to somebody and they scream. This is a sign that you have an overly sensitive amygdala. Consciously activating the more measured analytical part of your brain is key to controlling this overly active amygdala, this runaway fear and anxiety. So how do we do that? How do we face our fears and how do we make this part of our brain a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more controlled? So facing your fears. Another way to say this is systemic desensitization. This involves being gradually led through a series of exposure situations to something that you fear. So for example, if you were scared of heights, you might start with a baby step, a small height, and just go and just look at it. And you might talk about it with your therapist. You might watch a movie about it and slowly become exposed and and expose yourself to the situation. So you slowly start to build a new connection with it in your brain. Through the systemic desensitization, you start to really create a different pathway in your brain to that fear. And I have three steps for really being able to get to that place where you can Face those fears. Step one, awareness. You must first acknowledge that you are afraid. And I think in our world, a lot of people see that as weakness, but it's something that can actually make you stronger. So you have to admit it and let yourself feel it. And then it can be processed. Sense it, be with it and talk to it. Acknowledge it as merely your amygdala's response and request for more information rather than a signal of danger. And this is the beginning. Now you're on your way to calming down and engaging in a more conscious way to be able to engage the more logic-dominated part of your brain. Remember, the more that you suppress being afraid, the more afraid you will become. 
Step two, think about how committing to overcoming this fear will help you become the person that you want to be. It will make you more powerful. It will make you more, it will make you stronger. Step three, surround yourself with love, support, and courage. Scientists have actually proven that the frightened stress response of the amygdala actually greatly reduces when shown pictures of being cared for or hugged. So it's actually really important how you treat yourself and how what kind of people you surround yourself with. If you can surround yourself with love and support while you're trying to face your fears, while you're taking these steps to desensitization, it can be really, really crucial and important. So those are the three steps. Awareness, commitment, and love. So what are you afraid of? Many of us live life disconnected from our bodies, feeling out of control and reactive. We lose control of our emotions, scream at our children, the dog, our partners. This affects our lives negatively. It hurts our relationships and ultimately it hurts us. Breathwork has been one of the most powerful rituals that I've developed in building a better relationship with myself, my body, and my emotions. Through breathwork, I'm able to move from a reactive state to a proactive state, and this has positively changed my life, my relationships, my health, my career, and ultimately led me on a healing journey. So that's why I'm so excited to announce the launch of my new platform, Ray Rituals, a membership community that offers on-demand breathwork practices that you can integrate into your everyday life to energize, balance, and relax your mind and body while supporting you in healing. Through Ray Rituals, you can build a breathwork practice where you instinctually start to come back to your body and are able to process your emotions and release them. It's an unlearning of what the world has taught you to push your feelings down, to distract yourself and keep going, but instead to pause, to breathe, feel, and move. It's simple, it's quick, and it's effective. Join me and sign up for Ray Rituals now at rayrituals.com. It's time to take your power back, one breath at a time. A quick Google search showed me that some people have a lot of common fears. There's the fear of public speaking, fear of change, vulnerability, heights, rejection, failure, death. And I think it's important to note because you're not alone in your fears. As humans, we have a lot of the same fears. When I was young, I used to be really afraid of being alone. I was afraid of loneliness. And it wasn't until I moved to New York when I was going to get my master's that I really stepped into loneliness. Because before that, when I was partying, I was drinking, I would literally surround myself with so many different people because I just couldn't be alone and it would hurt me. And so when I moved to New York, I just decided to sit in the uncomfortableness and just to be alone. And at first, it was really scary. I felt so uncomfortable by myself and so many things would come up. Sometimes I would even think about the fact that if I fell down my staircase in New York City, like nobody would find me for weeks. I wondered if my parents would call, if anybody would search. But because I, at that time, was very distant from my family, I wondered if anyone would even notice or like a cat would start eating my decaying body. You know, our brain is kind of crazy. It goes there. And eventually, I just started laughing at these thoughts. The more that I sat with it, the more that I started creating this new connection to it and was even entertained by it. And I think that was the first step, you know, becoming awareness. I realized how scared I was to be alone. And then I created a new connection to it. I realized that I could become more powerful if I became more comfortable alone and it became easier. I had a fear of public speaking when I was young. 
really of doing anything publicly like performance. And little by little, I overcame that as well. In high school, I was really bad at public speaking. And I think the, the pivotal point of me overcoming that was when I took a yoga teacher training. And I remember the first class, I was beet red. My face was so, so red. I was so embarrassed to be giving this class. I felt like an idiot, honestly. <laughs> so I was, you know, I'm like, who am I, first of all, to be teaching these people yoga? And I just, you know, I was thinking about my body. What did I look like? And I was just filled with all sorts of doubts and limiting beliefs. But I did it anyway. And the second time it was easier. The third time it was easier. Fourth time is easier. And that's how it goes, the desensitization. And now I've spoken in front of hundreds of people, breath work, dancing, doing silly fucking things and feeling like a boss, confident. It has made me so much stronger. It has made me the person I want to be, which is a motivational public speaker. I went, went from hating public speaking to literally being a motivational public speaker. Another fear I had was the fear of vulnerability. I think that's something that we all share. I was really scared to open my heart because I didn't want anyone to see me. I didn't know at the time, but I was scared that if somebody really saw who I was, they wouldn't like me. And so tied in with that vulnerability, I think, was the fear of rejection. Because if you show somebody who you really are and they don't like you and they don't reject you, then you will be hurt. And that's painful. So it's the fear of pain. I didn't want to be hurt. And so if you never open up, then you'll never get hurt. So for a long time, I wore so many masks. I pretended to be a different person. I pretended to be the party girl or, you know, the cool LA girl or really whoever I needed to be in that moment. And I was so scared. I was so scared of people not liking me. I was a big people pleaser, but I didn't come off that way. I pretended like I was very unique and cool and different. But in reality, nobody knew who I was. And little by little, I started showing people who I started to trust who I was. I started sharing little bits of my story. I started going to groups to talk with people who were a little bit different. I started opening my heart. How many of us are afraid of love? Afraid of opening our hearts because we've been hurt before or maybe we've never even opened it in the first place because damn, that looks painful, right? How many how many people do we see talking about heartbreak and it's one of the most painful things you can experience, but even more painful than heartbreak is joyful being in love and allowing yourself to be loved. And I think that's what fear is all about. And that's why it gets in our way because I opened my heart again after I was heartbroken. And in doing so, I have had the experience of so much pain, first of all, and so much love. Being loved like I've never been loved before and loving like I've never loved before. And I didn't know that was even capable, that it was possible that I was capable of that. And I would have never known had I stayed closed, had I stayed in my heartbreak, scared. But it didn't happen overnight. Again, little by little, opening the heart again, healing, testing it out, seeing what's comfortable and surrounding myself with people that love me, that support me, people that are also brave and staying connected to the idea of who I want to be and admitting that I was scared because that's where it all begins. So fear, it continues to hold us back from being our most powerful selves. It triggers this automatic response within our bodies. Fight, flight, freeze. Makes us disassociate, imagine things, perceive threats, run away from people that maybe we shouldn't be running away from. Abandon ourselves in moments that we should not be abandoning ourselves. And it's not completely our fault. 
It's part of our primitive bodies, which is so amazing and so beautiful how we have evolved so quickly and now have this paradox going on between our body, this primitive response and our beautifully evolved complex mind. But the first step, just being aware of that and realizing, wow, this is my amygdala. It is quite sensitive and so beautiful. And fact of the matter is it is overly stimulated. So maybe I don't need to be looking at all that news right now because it's making me in a bad way. Or maybe I don't need to be talking to that person because, you know, I don't, I'm not really sure that those types of conversations are are healthy for my mindset right now. So it's reflecting and seeing where you're at and seeing what you need and becoming aware that there is chemical processes going on here, biochemical, neurological things going on. That it's not always something you're aware of. And most of the time, yeah, these are autonomic automatic processes that are happening. You're imagining things, you're perceiving things. Your reality is not always reality. And guess what? It's something that you can control and you can change, which is fucking cool. Get into the chemistry of it. Get into the science of it. Connect to it and bring your heart into it. Use your power to overcome it. Face it. You will be stronger in the end, just like I did. One of the greatest fears I ever had Honestly, it was getting sober, like losing my identity. Who am I without alcohol? Who am I without the party? Losing that identity was so fucking scary. And I did it. I was so, so scared to change. The fear of change is, I think, one of my greatest fears. I'm a planner. I'm an organizer. I like things to continue to go a certain way. And I had lived my life for over a decade as a girl who drank, as a girl who used wine to celebrate, wine for this, for that. And all of a sudden, it was change, major change, which meant changing friends, which meant changing where I live, which meant changing the way I celebrate, which meant changing the way I have fun and changing the way that I dealt with my emotions. And it was fucking scary. But guess what? I surrounded myself with people that loved me and I committed to who I wanted to become. And I held that so strong in my mind and I still do every single day that I stay sober. And I said, I don't care what I'm feeling right now. I'm going to connect to this and I will become her, that strong, beautiful woman who can overcome anything. I don't know who she is yet, but I want to be her. The girl who can change anything, who doesn't have to drink to be happy, who doesn't have to drink to celebrate, who can actually feel her emotions, who doesn't have to suppress. And in doing that, I changed my whole life. And now I feel like I am unshakable. It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what changes. I know that I can overcome it. And one of the scariest days that I can recall in the past 10 years was the day that I walked into the inpatient rehab. My hands were literally shaking. Fear, response, triggered, shaking, sweating, crying. But I was putting myself there. It was me walking in there. Nobody forced me. That's power. If I can do that, you can do that. To be shaking and crying, sweating, having a full-on fear response, and at the same time, walking yourself in there and saying, I'm committed. I'm doing it anyway. I feel this. It's so uncomfortable. It is so scary, but I'm doing it anyway. I believe in you just like I believe in myself overcome, face these fears, connect to your power. You can do anything you set your mind to, you set your body to, your breath. Let these tools, this message support you. Be grateful for every feeling, for every emotion, for every step. I'll be there by your side. Thanks for hanging today. Sending love. I'm Christina Ray, and you've been listening to the Power for Good podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And join me next week for another powerful conversation. 
Share a story of how you are using your power for good by sending me a DM on my Instagram at Christina Ray Almeida. I'll be sharing your stories at the end of every episode weekly. If you're interested in learning more on how we can work together, head to my website, IamChristinaRay.com and let's connect. Sending you so much love and remember, you are powerful.